and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and tonight I'm by myself. Josh is out traveling, and it will just be me for tonight to recap the 1-0 loss against Atlanta United. Um, Really, we just keep seeing more and more of the same, and I feel at this point that I don't know if it's necessarily worth rehashing all the same arguments that we've made. But I do feel it a bit necessary to both recap this game and then give kind of the wave tops for um, what is wrong with LAFC this year and then maybe cleanse our palates and close up shop and look forward to something else. Of course, there's still the the seemingly unlikely chance that LAFC gets into the playoffs as a lower seed and goes on some sort of run and is able to muster some sort of success once they're in the playoffs. But the more time goes on, the more it really does seem that this is who LAFC is. They are a six, five and eight team um, that is currently in eighth place in the Western conference and only seven points ahead of last place, Austin, who has 16 points. Um, LAFC are, I think, sixth or seven in the Western Conference when it comes to both goals, both goals for and against a negative two goal differential to this point in the season. Um, so this is who they are. They are going to lose a lot of games because there are razor thin margins for them because they don't score anymore in the same way that we're used to seeing them score or in the same way that they want to score. And their inability to consistently deal with counterattacks or um, do enough to put out those fires is going to lose them games when the margins are this close. When you're scoring three, go- you know, three goals a game, four goals a game, even two goals a game, you can deal with one bad counterattacking goal that you give up. But LAFC are incapable of, of doing that this year. Um, and it's time to... I think, except that's the case. Um, so let's take a let's take a look at this game. Um, we start in a three four three. Mamadou Fall gets his first start. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Now on the back of his jersey, it says Mbake. I it's I think that's a middle name of his. I don't. I'm I'm looking forward to somebody asking about what we're supposed to call him. Um, because his jersey doesn't match what everybody calls him. So Mamadou Fall is what I'll call him for now until I learn otherwise. He gets a start, and he looks great in this game, both in the in the three-man back line and as, as a right center back is what he was playing, and then as uh, a right center back in a, in a back four. I thought he looked great all night putting out fires, dealing with Joseph Martinez one-on-one. Um, looked great in the attack. If he's unmarked, he will just continue to dribble all the way into the box as we saw him do against SKC where he wins that free kick that, uh, was just outside the box. Um, so you see, I think twice he gets all the way into the opposing penalty area tonight too, just because nobody marks him. And then by the time they do decide to mark him, he's already gone. So he continues to be, uh, uh, a bright spot among pretty poor results. 
Um, Tristan Blackman and Jesus Murillo also start in that back three. Uh, we see the return of Marco Farfan. He plays at right wing back, despite again being a left-footed player and not looking all that great on the right wing before. And Diego Palacio starts at left wing back. The two-man midfield was just Edward Atuesta and Latif Blessing. And they looked um, a bit overmatched. Um, not necessarily overmatched, but certainly outnumbered. And I think that's the reason that you saw a little bit of struggle there, especially in the first half. And then the front three were the three DPs. Uh, Rodriguez on the left, Rossi in the middle, and Carlos Belan on the right. Um, so again, Bob starts us in a three in a three man back line. Um, different from times before where he's put three in the midfield, but um, still that three man back line look. I still think he is forcing this because you're still playing guys out of position with Moon injured and not another center back to play back there. Um, so that you can push Tristan Blackman out to the wing. You're still playing guys out of position. So it's better tonight because you, or today, because uh, at least four of the five are, well, I would say three of the five are, are in position. Tristan Blackman on the left, at left center back is out of position to me. Um, again, I will maintain that he's a right back and not a center back. Uh, again, I know that they want him to play center back, but for me, that's not where he should be. Um, first half was, you know, there were, there were some good attacking chances for both teams. Uh, LAFC didn't necessarily dominate the ball the way that we're used to seeing them, uh, in years past, I should say. It looked about like it always does. And you have to remember that Atlanta United just came off of firing their coach. They just hired Gonzalo Pineda. So they're still with their interim coach. And it basically looked like two teams that, you know, want to just fire their coach and one has lost their identity. Um, I thought that Brian Rodriguez, again, looked dangerous. Uh, but that, the entire team, all of LAFC just continued to look a bit stale, uh, not knowing what to do. It struck me as I watched the Seattle and Portland match tonight that even though Portland got beat, uh, when you watch those teams, especially Seattle, of course, right now, because they're just red hot, but when you watch them play, there is so much combination. There's so much movement. There's so much interchange of position. Um, they actually do something with possession. I mean, first they want to possess the ball. And second, when they do have possession of it, they're constantly on the move and they're constantly combining. And you just do not see this from LAFC anymore. Uh, that and it's hard to know if it's by design or if it's just a factor of them losing it. And I, I'm not, I'm really not sure. Josh and I have long talked about the fact that all this year they've been looking to play much more direct as soon as they win the ball. We've talked about this to death um, and how it's impacted players like Mark Anthony Kay, who did not look great passing the ball this year and was turning over more passes because 
they were playing more direct and more risky passes. And again, today you see several times the center backs in that back three trying to find the feet of the forwards. And there's just, because there's no movement from those guys to come back to the ball or, or lateral movement, you're not able to play the ball into space for somebody to run onto for those entry passes. Instead, everything's directly to the feet. And by the time the ball gets there, there's already a defender who's there to either jump the passing lane or just put in a challenge and, and take the ball off of the player. So to me, when I say stale, or for me, when I say stale, that's what I mean. I mean, players are largely just holding a position and we're trying to pass directly to that position. There's no leading passes. There's no uh, taking a little bit off the pass so a player comes back and gets it. There's no sort of feints to lose a man off the ball. It's all just, this is my position, play me the ball here, and then I'll make a decision and go. Uh, and that is never going to be a winning formula. Um, it's just not. And that's, again, who LAFC is right now. Uh, they will stand and pass the ball to each other when they are in possession. When they win the ball, they will try and play direct over the top oftentimes. And I swear, every <laughs> I, I don't know that I've seen a ball yet taken out of the air and been able to, that, that an attacker has been able to do anything with. Uh, the one exception that I can think of is on the diagonal ball when it finally does make it over the the head of the either right or left back. It seems like that's the one that we can hit, but other than that, it's always cut out. Um, so we go into halftime 0-0. I should talk about the Mamadou Fall goal. Rodriguez gets a little bit of space uh, with the ball at his feet and wins I. Wins a free kick right outside the penalty area. And Edward Atuesta serves in a great ball. There's a little bit of deception with who I think it was Mario who was standing in front of Guzan in an offside position. And as soon as he runs onside, there's a ball right back into that space. And Mamadou falls there. Uh, he gets ahead on it and scores. And Chris Penso goes to VAR and decides to overturn it. Now, is this a close call? Of course it is. Is it clear and obvious? Oof, I don't know. I don't know that it's clear and obvious where the shoulders are, where the head is. It's pretty clear that Fall's arm is farther, and it certainly looks at the, you know, from the angle that we see that his head is beyond the defender's head as well. Hard to say if it's beyond the defender's shoulder. But it's called off. And this is unfortunate because, of course, we you lose 1-0. And so what ultimately ends up happening is anybody looking for a moral victory is going to say, well, if they don't take the VAR goal off, it's a draw, not a loss. Uh, but I'm not interested in LAFC scraping by on a VAR call or a non-VAR call. Uh, if that goal had been given against us, we'd be up in arms. We'd be saying, oh, it's offside. It's hot. It's hot. Clearly, clearly, clearly the attacker is beyond the, the defender. And it should have been offside. So this is one of those things where being a fan is sometimes a little bit fickle, right? 
if it happens to us, uh, we hate it. And if it happens for us, eh, we'll let it slide. Um, ultimately, it's no goal. And it's a bummer because I uh, would have loved to see Fall get uh, a goal in his debut, but doesn't it doesn't happen that way today. Uh, they go into the half, and um, here come the subs. And once again, Bob is switching at halftime from a three-man back line back to the 4-3-3. And this is what really bothers me about this. If the three-man back line, either the 3-5-2 or the 3-5 or the 3-4-3 is the way to go, then stick with it. Just stick with it. Play an entire game in that formation. Let the game, let the players grow into the game. Instead, you get over-anxious, you pull, uh, let's see, it was Farfan who did not have a good game. Farfan was bad in this game. gets nutmegged, gets beat several times, gets caught up field. Uh, he was bad. But again, Marco Farfan is not a right wing back. So knowing the personnel that you had, you could have easily just thrown out the 4-3-3 to begin with and been just fine. And it's clear that Bob thinks this gives him the chance to win because at halftime, that's what he goes to. So I, this is what's beginning to really bother me. If the 4-3-3 is what you need in order to attack and win the game, then start in the 4-3-3. If it's not, and the 3-4-3 or the 3-5-2, whichever one you're playing, is the more sure route for you, then start in it and finish a game in that formation. That's it. Pick one and go. But the constant back and forth between this is not a good thing. And I think you can blame at least a little bit of the Joseph Martinez goal on this change because within one minute, there's a turnover. The ball is played directly back into that space that we always talk about. The back line is a bit disorganized again. Mario tries to get way too cute with the ball. Um, so, I mean, ultimately the goal is mostly on him because he's the one that tries to do this little flick. And he had done it several times in this game. I think I saw it two or three times and I thought to myself, wow, that's actually a clever bit of skill. I don't know that it always comes off, but it's worked a couple of times so far and he tries it again and it gets by him. And Joseph Martinez is one-on-one with Tom, with Tomas Romero, which is always going to go the way of Joseph Martinez. So within one minute of switching your formation, now you're already down and now you're chasing. And for me, that's the question. What do you see in the 3-4-3 or 3-5-2 that makes you continue to start in it, even when it means playing a guy like Marco Farfan out of position? And what do you see in the 4-3-3 that keeps you going back to it despite your continual reliance on the three-man back line to start the games? I... Maybe it really is just a matter of who is available to him. And he doesn't feel like he has enough midfielders to continue to play with a three-man midfield or enough forwards to play with a three-man front line. But my goodness, 
you do not have enough defenders to keep playing like this. You don't. Murillo's down. Segura's down. As a res not as a result of what happened, but now even Palacios is down. And because you started Marco Farfan and then had to pull him, because again, you're pulling him at you're playing him out of position and he has a bad game, so you pull him. Now when Palacios goes down, you don't have a left back. You have an attacking midfielder in Raheem Edwards that you have to sub on and play left back. Um it's a bit mind-boggling, if I'm being totally honest, that we continue to go back and forth between these formations. I don't remember the last time Bob started with a three-man back line and finished that game in that same formation. And that is perplexing to me because it's not like it's something that is working. We continue to see these bad results with it. Anyway, I'm going to get off of that. Uh, the next the next puzzling thing is Brian Rodriguez is subbed off, even though Diego Rossi is clearly not himself right now. Uh, Brian Rodriguez is the sub. Chicho Arango comes on, and Diego Rossi stays out there, and he's missing a couple of goals that he used to that he used to finish. And you see you see you see the frustration in Carlos Vela as they're both streaking. You know, one on one or two on one, two on two with the keeper and another defender, and Rossi's taking these shots and they're they're missing wide. They're going to the keeper, and you see Carlos is just frustrated, hands in the air, um, just make the extra pass or find the back of the net. Um, I think I think Diego Rossi has played himself out of a transfer in this window, and. Despite the the team's best efforts to keep him on the field in order to give him the best opportunity to score a couple more goals and maybe still be able to move him this window, which has to be what they're doing. Um, it's not, I just don't think it's going to happen. Maybe, maybe against Vancouver next week, they can get it, but man, he is, he is struggling right now. And it's now been six games since he scored. They have lost or drawn all six of those games. Lost four, drawn two. Um, he's he's got to be better. And like I said last week on the show, he's got the yips. Uh, because he's missing shots that he should not miss. He's missing open passes that he should not miss. He's taking poor touches. His passes are bad. Um, it's, it's just not been good. And again, this isn't to beat up on him. It's at some point, I think they're going to have to sit him down and let him work through this and bring him back out when he's ready. But right now he's hurting your team and Bob is further hurting the team by continuing to yank Brian Rodriguez, even though he's playing fine. I know there was some chatter online about, oh, he's not recognizing plays early enough or, um, He's not playing exactly the same, you know, the, the right way. I, it, to me, it doesn't matter. If he is giving you the best opportunity and the best looks on goal, then that's the guy you play. Don't talk to me about systems because this system is broken. Don't talk to me about tactics because there are no tactics right now. The tactics are when the center backs have it and the midfield standing around, we're going to play it to our forwards and see what they can do. 
So I, I'm, I'm honestly not interested because Diego Rossi is not able to bring the ball out of the air and score. He's not able to get behind people and score like he used to. And quite frankly, Carlos is largely ineffective right now too. And there's only so much that he's going to be able to do when he's drawing double and triple teams still. And he's forced to continually shoot from outside of the box. Um, this team is really just chasing at this point. You see another you see another example of this with Latif Blessing gets the ball at the top of the box. There's plenty of space. Atlanta's just a little bit disorganized. Diego Palacios comes streaking down the left side, and there is nobody on the left side, not a single person on the left wing within 15 meters of Diego Palacios. And Latif cuts around to the right side, cuts around one of the defenders, and tries to shoot through eight or nine Atlanta United players. And Palacios is just out there wide. So this is Latif trying to be the guy. I'm good. Now that I'm on the ball, I'm going to do it. You see another one. Carlos Carlos passes up a wide open a wide open pass. I think this time it was to Latif, and I think Brian Rodriguez in the middle, and he takes kind of a poor shot from outside the box. Um, this is just individuals out there trying to make something happen, pressing too hard and not playing as a team. And again, at this point, I don't, it doesn't matter to me that you think otherwise because the results speak for themselves. This is a team that is pushing individually for results. And it's very clear that that's the case. Um, Anyway, the game ultimately ends and Diego Palacios gets hurt. I, I, I don't, I didn't catch the injury. I, um, I saw him once he was down and I'm not exactly sure what the mechanism for injury is. We'll have Josh go over it online. Um, but he was not putting any weight on that ankle or on that foot. And it was just kind of hanging there. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, was, it just seems bad. And again, you were in a tough spot because you already took Marco Farfan off. He's your backup left back, but you're forcing this three-man back line and playing Farfan out of position. He looks bad, you gank him. And now you don't have a true like-for-like sub. Um, and ultimately, LAFC come up short on the day. So another, another frustrating result. One thing I will say is once they did bring on Cifuentes, the midfield looked a lot better once they were not so outnumbered. Um, so why we don't stick with that look, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in the pressers with Bob, so I can't ask him that. Um, if I was, then I 100% would be asking him, can you help me understand what you see from the team in the 3-4-3? Can you help me understand then what you see in the 4-3-3? And maybe, maybe he's trying to Greg Burhalter his way into, into wins where they just play defensively for a half. And then in the second half, they're just going to push for one goal. Um, to me, that seems like a weird gamble to play so defensively and then to disorganize your back line and pray for a goal. Um, but maybe, maybe that's it. Again, that's the most charitable answer that I can think of. Or maybe JT has really uh, handcuffed his ability to make subs.
based on the way that the roster is constructed. And that's the only way that he feels that he can sub guys in and out. But it uh, seems highly unlikely to me. Because again, you could have just started Cifuentes uh, in the midfield along with Blessing and Atuesta. You could have moved Tristan out. You could have started Fall alongside Murillo and Blackman out of the right, uh, out of right back. There you go. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea. So with all that said, um, I feel like this may be the last time that I really go in on them. Um, because at this point I feel like they simply need support. It's our job as uh, fans of this team to just get behind them uh, in the good times and in the bad times, like we say. Um, because at this point, I don't know what this team is capable of accomplishing, if anything. If they get into the playoffs, great. But as we've said in the past, it's a low bar. So I am going to start pivoting towards the future because I'm, I'm about to write off this season. As I said, it's not impossible for them to go on a run. It's not impossible for them to make it into the playoffs and and be peaking at just the right time to do something special. But I, I'm having a harder and harder time seeing where it's going to come from because they don't play as a team. And there are no recognizable um, patterns of play. There's no recognizable true, like there's not even really a style of play. One of the things that troubles me is the more that I watch this team and the more that I think about what this team is, the more I simply see center backs trying to pass the ball long, as I said earlier in the show. Um, I remember a while ago, there were some heat maps that went around and especially after 2019, there were heat maps that went around about where teams possess the ball. And most teams typically in MLS are, were possessing the ball in their own half. And the better teams were, you know, possessing further up the field, but still in their own half. And in that 2019 year, that special year, LAFC were possessing the ball in the opponent's half and far into the opponent's half as well, where they just, they, they hold possession of the ball and they probe and they circulate that ball until they're ready to spring an attack through the defense. And I can't imagine that their heat map of where they possess the ball looks anything similar because right now they just, they'll knock it around the back two or three times. And if they can't get it into the midfield, they're just going to hoof it long. There's no patience to, to play those entry passes into the midfield anymore. That's gone. That is gone. Um, that's to me a sign that, they are no longer the same team or that Bob has completely changed the tactics of this team. And in both instances, it does not end well. If they're not the same team, that they're not going to go very far. And if Bob has changed the tactics and these are the results and he's not going to change back, then they're not going to go very far. So here's to hoping that it truly is just a rut of poor form. But I remember at the beginning of the season talking about this stuff and everybody kept saying, well, just wait till the homestand in June. 
Wait till the homestand in June. There's four games at home. They're very winnable. And we'll be right back in the playoff home. We'll be right back at the top of the Western Conference. And then they didn't win all those games like they were supposed to. They didn't do very well at all. Um, and we've continued to see that to the point where now, winless in six, their longest streak without a win yet in team history. I believe Taylor Twelman mentioned today that they have only won four of the last 20 on the road, which would mean that now they've only won four of the last 21 with their loss today on the road. Um, this is this is not good. It's not good. But as I said, we've pointed out all these bad things from roster build to nonsensical substitutions. Uh, what I would say is becoming more and more uh, active sabotage of Brian Rodriguez, where they're just, you have $11 million or something like that sunk into this kid. And there's there nobody showing any signs of playing him as much as he needs. Uh, and again, it's not like he's been bad. He's been he's been good. Um, and if you want to talk about how he's not a tactical fit, I would have to ask who is a tactical fit and what are the tactics that they're trying to 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 play right now? Because they're not there's nothing tactical about what they're doing. It is a lot of hero ball and whatever those tactics are, if that's your argument, they are not working and they haven't worked for a long time. So I'm, I'm sorry. Um, so we talked about poor roster construction. We talked about poor tactics, poor substitutions, and then just poor individual effort. Jesus Murillo cannot be taking chances like that with Joseph Martinez running off his shoulder. Um, Carlos Vela has got to be better. He's got to he's got to be more of a force on the field. Diego Rossi has to be more precise in front of goal. As of right now, his 2020 season is looking more and more like a fluke. And if you're a European club who's interested in in bringing him in and you're looking at what's going on this year, 2020 looks like a fluke because he's not doing it the same way. He doesn't look like the same player out there. Edward Atuesta does not look like the same player out there. To me, he looks like a guy who's, whose head is already in Europe and who's probably pretty miffed that you didn't sell him already when you should have. Um, so that kind of gets back to roster construction. It gets back to, you know, as, as much, it has as much to do with roster construction and an inability to sell players on at the right moment as it does with individual performances. Um, yeah, just, just a lot of poor individual performances that are tanking their value as well. Um, LAFC are going to have to take a, whatever, whatever they can get for Diego Rossi if they're going to do it during this window. And they're going to have to hope he really turns it on in the fall if they plan on, move, on moving him in the winter. So I think that about covers all the negativity. Um, again, they are, they are 
in eighth place, and that's about who they, where they should be, given the consistent lack of, of results, the consistent lack of goals, the consistent um, lack of an ability to close out games when you do have the lead. Um, so, like I said, uh, as a show, I think we're going to try and start moving on to the future. Uh, looking at pieces that you can build on. Certainly, Mamadou Fall is one of those pieces. Jesus Murillo is still a good center back. Eddie Segura is still around. I think with the three of them, you can have a viable rotation if you're doing a four-man back line. Or, heaven forbid, if Bob continues with this three-man, this three-man back line experiment in the future, assuming he's still with the team, um, then you have three solid players there. Um, what else can you build on? Jose Cifuentes continues to be good. Now, it'll be interesting to see if they, if somebody comes, uh, if somebody comes around looking to purchase his, uh, his contract, if they, if they do move him or if they try and hold on. Uh, Brian Rodriguez shows that he still has talent. He's just got to have the right opportunity. And again, I would ask, what are the tactics that he is supposed to be able to play and that he is screwing up so royally right now that you can't leave him on the field? Um, I, can, I, I, I really want to know. I really want to know. All right. So with those, and Tomas Romero continues to be good as well. So again, there are, there are positives to take away and we'll try and focus on those in the future. Uh, as much as possible. Um, so we are going to get into some questions here. Uh, everything's just loading right now, a little bit slowly. Bear with me just a second. A lot of questions tonight. Again, you can tell that people are frustrated because uh, there are a lot of <laughs> a lot of comments. All right, Ben Cox at Sir Bensington. For the first time, I'm officially hashtag Bob out. Starting lineup had no momentum. Sifu in a three mid in a three men mid opened up everything uh, too late, and our attack is toothless. I'm at a loss. Rebuild mode. Sell the Uruguayos and utilize the money with it and utilize the young money with the new coach. Yeah, this team this team seems to be out of juice, and there's certainly going to have to be a lot of shakeups. Um, uh, I, Taylor Twelman talked about Bob being in a contract year and I have a hard time believing that after this year he's brought back because this is not what LAFC, uh, is used to doing on the field. Um, this is not, this is, they're not achieving what they sought out to achieve. They're not achieving the goals that they set for themselves, which is to contend for trophies. Um, it is interesting to me that at the beginning of the season, we talked about how much of the CCL roster that they were, that they were returning. And I mean, really aside from bringing in a striker to replace BWP or Dio, uh, they really did return almost everybody. And the results have been really poor. I mean, really poor. So it's interesting that, you know, you have the same starting 11, first couple subs, 
you know, one, one to 13 on the roster are largely the same and they've completely fallen apart. So who else, who else do you look to, but the man who's supposed to put it all together after so much proof that this team isn't the same as what they were in CCL or in 2019. Uh, I definitely agree with the attack being toothless. Uh, again, as I said, they're either sixth or seventh in the, in the Western conference for goals scored. Um, rebuild mode is an interesting, it's an interesting concept. I don't know. Um, I don't know what they'll be able to, to rebuild really. Uh, if they can, if they can offload Rossi and bring in another DP somewhere to help in the midfield or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a mess when you look around because they're going to look to cash in on Rodriguez or they might just cut him. I don't know. And take the loss. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to think about Janela because tonight's a, a night where you start with only two in the midfield and then bring Cifuentes in and Janela doesn't see the field. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre place they're in. Justin 33W at Justin 33W. My biggest fear is that this is what we're going to be going forward. A selling club that can't sell resulting in a roster that is broken from the front to back. Also, the locker room must be a wreck with six straight matches without a win and another heartbreaking injury. Uh, all very good points. Um, LAFC, set out to be a selling club that could also contend for trophies, um, much in the mold of Borussia Dortmund or Ajax. And they have failed to do either one of those so far. There's still some time with that, with those initial signings like Rossi and I guess at was it wasn't, was an, an initial signing, but you know, they've been able to move on Mark Anthony K and, and, Walker Zimmerman successfully. And that's about it. They made some money on Corey Baird, but <laughs> I think that was a pretty opportunistic move with Houston. Um, so they haven't proven that they can sell yet. Uh, and they haven't proven that they can, you know, they, they won the Supporters Shield in 2019, and that was an amazing season. Um, but they haven't proven that they've been able to, that they can keep it at that level uh, in the same way that, you know, Seattle or one of the other more dynastic teams can. Um, and I do agree that uh, losing, losing this many games, drawing this many games, six straight without a win is going to, is going to start to affect the locker room. And I think, I think you start to see that look at how uninterested, uh, Edward Atuesta looks out there today. Cifuentes plays a, a great ball into him at the towards the end of the game as he's streaking down the left wing, and he just whiffs on it, like, and it rolls out of bounds. Um, man, I mean, you gotta this this can't be happening. This cannot be happening at this level. All right, next one from Tom. Camilleri at Broncos Fan 07. I'm not sure what happened to Atuesta, but oh, here we go. I'm not sure what happened to Atuesta, but there are too many times where he just can't look less interested in the game. Uh, punctuated today when, oh my goodness, 
I literally just talked about all this. Punctuated the day when Cifuentes put a perfect ball through to him. And that's why I said just lollygagged and whiffed and let it go out of bounds. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think his head's in Europe. I think he's probably, probably a little bit frustrated that the team hasn't moved him already, that he had to sign that contract extension in order to do the right thing for the team, which kudos to him. I mean, he had to do that. He could have just left it as is and then and then walked at the end and signed wherever he wanted. But he he uh, he's trying to help the club, is by all accounts, and signed the extension so they could try and move him, and they failed to move him. All right, Pepe at just one, maybe one. The football ideas are gone. Rossi's in a funk like I've never seen before. Not West to shell the player he was in 2019. Much more worried about complaining instead of playing. Dare I say, start Seba instead of Mario at um, Ibiga. Um, I think that's how you say his name. John Champion said it. I think he said uh, Ibeaga today. I'm not really sure exactly what the correct pronunciation is. Um, let's start at the, hot, at the top here. The football ideas are gone. This is a topic that I've hit a couple times. The tactics are gone. And again, you can complain about players not suiting the system or not fitting in, but my goodness, what are they supposed to do? What are the tactics? What What is this team trying to accomplish? And is it really just that all these players can't understand what Bob is telling them or that the system is bad? Because I feel like it's got to be one or the other. Rossi is in a funk. Of course, we've talked about this. He's got the yips like... I don't know that we've ever seen. That's Wessa looking disinterested. Um, yeah, that's as far as uh, benching Murillo, I don't know that that's necessary yet. Uh, I did think Ipiga looked good today. Um, put out a couple fires. Not the greatest passer, but, you know, somebody that's, that's serviceable. I, I think they did some good business there to kind of shore it up after Segura went down. But, um yeah, I think he had a, a, a positive debut, and I don't know that I'm sitting Mario down just yet. All right, unpopular football lover at Foot Fanatica. The problem is one of mentality. Near the end, Bob looks so dispirited, almost distraught on the sideline. Can't imagine that translates well to the players. Yeah, I mean, Bob, Bob today looked like he was exasperated and out of ideas, and... That certainly shows. I think he is exasperated and out of ideas. I don't. I don't know that he knows what to do to fix this. Um, but I certainly don't think going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth between formations is ever going to solve anything. I don't think yanking uh, good players off of the field is going to solve anything. I don't think leaving Cifuentes on the bench to start is going to solve anything. Uh, unless he's injured, um, but man, you, I feel like the players need a little bit more stability out of the out of the manager here. Donuts at Steely Zidane, six game losing streak corresponds with six straight games Rossi has gone without a without a goal. Hashtag yips. Oh, there you go. Yeah, um, need more goal production, one hundred percent, and. Right now, no team is scared of anybody on LAFC because nobody's scoring. Uh, Carlos Vela's having penalties saved for crying out loud. Uh, just 
has not been good. And, and Rossi has been a big part of that. Uh, again, I'm going to go with this again. The artist, the artist formerly known as Danniness at Danniness. He's even lost his own coaching staff. Hashtag the Riddler. And it's a picture of Bob dressed as a Riddler. This is a great Photoshop, by the way. Uh, I spent a long time looking at this because it looks so good. It's done so well. Um, you can find this on the counter press handle under this tweet. Um, I, I, I'd be interested to know if you, it, uh, at Danniness, if you can let us know, um, what you saw today from the coaching staff that made you think this, I I'm, I'm interested to see, uh, or to hear what you saw about this, because if that's the case, if his coaching staff is turning on him, then that's a sign that, yeah, locker room's probably gone too, and factions are beginning to form. Uh, Lionel Hutz, at from Cheapsy. Well, at least one question was answered. 4-3-3 has to be the formation from this point forward. Uh, Lionel, while I agree, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I mean, this is, what, three straight games now, I think, where Bob has started in the three-man back line and gone to the 4-3-3 in the second half. Uh, despite every time, every time they do this, we say the 4-3-3 looks so much better, and yet we still go back. Like, the, it, uh, man, I just, why? Why do we keep going back and changing it? What is the point? Again, if you have a press pass, ask him. Ask what he sees. I, I genuinely want to know what the difference is and why it is that he feels starting the game in that formation is beneficial and finishing in the 4-3-3 is beneficial. He might have a super enlightening answer, and I'll accept it if it's a good answer. But somebody's got to ask him. Uh, next one uh, from We've Got Neves at Easy Peasy Japanesey. And it's a picture of a cartoon mouse lighting a cannon and then exploding. Uh, I'm assuming this means blow it up and it's becoming more and more likely that that happens based on these results. Because if Bob's in a contract year, Carlos is in a contract year and you're trying to move on from Rossi and you're trying to move on from Atuesta. I mean, that's, that's your core right there. Those three and Bob, this thing is, uh, almost by necessity getting reset at the end of the year which is a tragedy because we've seen so many of these players and including, and including this coach do so well in the past. All right. LAFC Sweden at LAFC SE. Bob needs to go constantly switching up the formation hurts every single time, but he doesn't learn from his mistakes. Maria was a top 10 center back in MLS, but messed up on that goal and his decision-making needs to be better. Yeah. Um, again, it was, it, it's interesting to hear it talked about You don't, uh, on a national broadcast where Bob is in a contract year. You don't always hear that kind of chatter in MLS. Um, and given these results, it would make a lot of sense if the team just said, hey, we already got a guy. I mean, JT's probably on the phone right now. I imagine kind of feeling some people out. But um, constantly switching up the formation hurts us every single time but he doesn't learn from his mistakes. This, this one is really weird because I don't know, again, 
it goes back to why are you even starting in that in that formation? Why are you forcing Marco Farfan into a bad spot to where the opposing team's left back is just having a field day with him on both ends of the of the pitch? Uh, I mean, nutmegs him in his own box and then abuses him when we're in the attack. It's just, man, don't do that to that kid. Like, just let Marco Farfan be the backup left back. Give him some minutes at the position that he actually plays. I I don't get the need to force players into these weird positions. It, it just makes zero sense to me. All right. And about Mario, Mario is a great center back. He's a great defensive center back, but sometimes he gets cute. You saw him give away uh, a big time goal against the Galaxy, and you see that I think that was the Jonah dos Santos goal, where he's trying to get cute playing the ball out of the back. And today he gets cute trying a little flick instead of instead of a more dominant player letting it get over him and then recovering. But mm, so he's he's good for he's good for a couple gaps every now and again. Joe three two three at Joe thirty two fifty two. Disappointed by the selection of players, Sifu should have started. Arango should have been on the pitch since minute one. Palacios now injured changes the the dynamic of a slim back line. So I'm going to go back to the SKC game where Bob benched Rossi for the start um, for poor performance. It was not because there was a deal in place. I've confirmed this uh, with. Sources, uh, a source close to the team that Rossi was benched for performance and you sub off Rodriguez, who again in the SKC game was your most dangerous attacker in the first half and you sub off Rodriguez at the half for Rossi. So it doesn't make any sense that you bench a guy for performance and then bring him in at the half. Um, it doesn't. You can give him 30 minutes, but bringing him in at the half means whoever I put in for you cannot hang in this game. And at the first opportunity, I'm yanking him. Uh, so to me, I'm disappointed in the in the selection of players too. And Arango, uh, as Joe says here, should have had the start. Just start Arango in between Rodriguez and Vela. Let's see how that goes. Uh, unless they're really trying to force Rossi onto the field to try and fix his, his yips and get him sold. Uh, that's the only thing that I can think of right now because Rossi is not playing better than Brian Rodriguez right now. Uh, Sifu should have started 100%. You have the back line right there. Palacios, Blackman, Murillo, and Fall. I guess Palacios, Fall, Murillo, and Blackman. So you just swap out Cifuentes for uh, for Marco Farfan. You can't tell me that that's not a better 11. You can't. Playing Marco Farfan at right wing back is not better than having Sifu in the midfield. And again, this goes back to my long-term critique of the three-man back line, is that oftentimes that center back is coming off or coming on for somebody that for somebody else to just be on the field. In the 3-5-2, you're pulling that center back off for a forward. In the 3-4-3, you're pulling off a midfielder. So today we start in a 3-4-3. Cifuentes is on the bench as a result. And who 
is the is the guy that gets to start instead? Marco Farfan at right wing back as a left footed player. It does not make sense to me. I don't, I don't get it. Palacios now injured changes the dynamic of a slim back line. Yep. Now you're either going to see more Marco Farfan uh, at left wing back, which is okay. That's his position. He's your backup left left back. So play him there. Or you're going to go back to seeing some weird hodgepodge of Raheem Edwards playing there, even though he's not a defender. And Blackman, Fall, Mario with still Farfan out on the right wing, uh, out as a right wing back. I, I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. Because this back line, Bob is tinkering so much with this back line that I don't know who belongs where. Christopher Colonna at LAFC 2021. How many new excuses do you all, uh, do you think all the people who still want Bob and Thornton to stay with this team will come up with? I can't wait to hear them. So yeah, I'm ready for the season to be over with now. We don't deserve to be in the playoffs. As a matter of fact, the playoffs would be better with uh, without us in them. This team is lost. There is no identity, no confidence. They can't buy a goal at this point. They they can't even settle on one formation anymore. Just get through the rest of the season and get it over with. To me, that's it. They can't even settle on one formation. And it's not like uh, teams have to play one formation, but that's the 4-3-3 has been LAFC's identity and calling card. And the... Uh, the inability to settle on one isn't such a bad thing. Teams play multiple formations all the time, but this has not gone well for them this season. You can't say that them switching back and forth has been positive because the results are bad. So uh, going to the excuses thing, I feel like if you continue to put to you know point to oh well. If Rossi just puts away a couple of his chances and we and VAR doesn't take that goal, then we win by a bunch of goals. If you're looking for those moral victories, you're going to find them. But moral victories don't win. Expected goals don't win games. You can quote all the XG you want to me. Oh, LAFC uh, has, a, has a plus two XG differential. I have no idea. Uh, which I, I think they do have a positive XG differential this year. But guess what? That's not on the scoreboard. And it does, it's useful to show you trends and to help you understand if, you know, they're still, they're still getting a few dangerous attacks here and there, but it's not useful for determining if the team is good or not, or if the team is going to win or not. Because clearly, if they have a positive goal, uh, XG dif- differential, you can still end up losing a lot. LAFC are six, five, and eight. They've lost more than they've won. So, uh, I don't. I I really don't need any excuses at this point. Um, all right, Ame LAFC at America LAFC. All these bot hashtag Bob in fans. What could they possibly be optimistic about? Still, quote unquote, wait and see. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, that there's not a whole lot on the field to be optimistic about in terms of uh, in, form, in terms of tactics or, or substitution or, or the way that the players are being managed. Juan Pablo Marquez at J.P. Marquez. Fall starts the rest of the season. Bob's lease is short. In my opinion, he has until Galaxy to turn the season around. 
These formation changes mid-game only hinder this team. Same story all season. We do it. We do it to ourselves. Defensive errors and not being able to finish our chances. Atlanta's intern manager made their team look more competitive and energetic in three to four weeks than LAFC all season. B-Rod is scapegoated with Bob Subs. Rossi hasn't been up uh, to par. Uh, wasn't up to par this match. He should have been subbed off. Again, I agree on Rossi. Rossi's the guy that's got to be subbed. He's got to sit. He's got to figure out the yips. Um, some really great points in there. Uh, back to the formation being changed mid-game. Just continued, continues to dog this team. It does not work. It doesn't. So stop. Uh, Fall probably should start the rest of the season. Um, just to give him minutes and let him grow into the game. And then next year you have a, a dom another dominant center back with, uh, you know, close to a thousand, uh, 1500 minutes under his belt. Um, I like this comment about Bob's lease being short and having until the galaxy game. I think, I think if he loses to galaxy, even if he wins to Vancouver against Vancouver, and loses against Galaxy, I think he's going to lose a lot of people um, because that rivalry has not gone well for him. Of course, we've had some big wins. There was an amazing playoff win um, where they just dismantled the Galaxy in the and you know that's Latam's last game in the league as a result. Um, but it's had some. There have been some bad, bad, bad El Traficos. With starting at the at the initial one, uh, giving up super early goals and never being able to climb out of the hole, uh, it is not that rivalry has not gone well for Bob. And I would argue that beating Galaxy is a necessity for an LAFC coach. Not that they have to do it every time; that's never going to happen, of course. Um, but beating Galaxy, just like making the playoffs. Uh, although I would say beating Galaxy is a higher bar even than, than making the playoffs. Make it, again, making the playoffs in, in MLS is a given. If you don't make the playoffs in, in MLS, people should be fired on the spot. Um, beating the Galaxy is another one of those that that is another one of those things that matters. It definitely matters to the fans. And you have to win the battle for LA if you're going to be LA's team. So if Bob is incapable of doing that, I think the calls are going to continue to mount and uh, he may not make it to the end of the contract at the end of this year. If, if he, if it's a bad loss against, against the galaxy, uh, we'll see. It's hard to, it's hard to know because he's LAFC's first coach. So it's hard to know how long anybody's leash is or how the, the team would even go about handling uh, moving on from their coach. If they're more of a, uh, if they're, if they're truly ruthless and as soon as the results don't add up and you suffer a bad loss, we're going to ax you. Or if they're going to try and go the, the uh, more of the good cop route and let him, let him ride out the end of his contract and, and move on after there, after then. Um, I guess we'll find out in the next four or five months here what kind of club they are uh, in terms of managing their coaches. 
So with all that said, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Uh, I know it's tough. I know, I know it's bad uh, and frustrating to continue to lose like this. Um, I don't like it either. I was telling my wife that um, the more, the more bad soccer you watch this team play, the more it is that you start to key in on this stuff. And I don't, I don't like that. I want to go back to just enjoying watching this team uh, and not having to see so many just bad mistakes all over the field. And we'll get back there. We'll get back there one day. Um, but for right now, there's, there's, you know, I think this team needs our support. And so again, we're going to try as best we can to move it in a positive direction on the show. Not uh, not papering over all the mistakes and flaws, but trying to simply highlight the positives a little bit more because, as we've said, this is who they are, and it's not going to be good enough. Um, so with the, all that said, that's the end of the show tonight. We will talk to you all next week after the Vancouver match. Good night. Thank you.